the thief comes not, except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, formerly Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. And so we've been looking at living a life of prayer. That's a broad series, but for some time we've been considering men of like passions. Somebody say men of like passions. Okay, so James chapter 5 verse 7 is our test. James chapter 5 verse 17. He says, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. Somebody say, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. He said, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. Elias was not an angel. Elias was not any special being, he was a man just as you are. All the feelings you have as a man, Elias had them. Every challenge you have faced as a man, Elias faced on. But the Bible said the unique thing about him is that he prayed and he had results. You will have results. I said you will have results. So it's not only Elias. When we look at scripture, he's not the only man who prayed. There were many others who prayed. And so in our series, Men of Like Passions, we are picking some key men who prayed. And the prayer they prayed, and we are looking at its significance as New Testament believers and how it affects us in our walk with God. Somebody say an amen. amen. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12, he says that you be not slothful. Somebody say, I'm not slothful. He said that you be not slothful, but followers of them. I'm not slothful. I am a follower. Somebody say, I'm not slothful. I'm a follower. If you become a good follower, there's nothing that those who went ahead got you won't get. He said, don't be slothful. Don't be lazy. Be a hard-working follower. He says, be you followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. When you are following somebody, you have to follow someone who has obtained something. Not just anybody. Follow someone who has obtained something. You will obtain something. In the mighty name of Jesus. So we are looking at, we've looked at the prayer of Eliezer, we've looked at the prayer of Jabez and Jacob, we're looking at the prayer of Moses. Somebody say Moses. And Moses prayed the prayer, Exodus 33, verse 16, 13 to 16. This is one man of God who knew God. Somebody say he knew God. Moses had a very close walk with God. He was so close with God that when some people came up to stand up against him, God stepped in by himself. He didn't pray that God deal with my enemies. No. But God took over and dealt with people who wanted to stand against him. This man, God will step in for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know what sweet, sweet victory is? Sweet victory is when God takes over your battles for you. 
Not that you ask him to kill anybody because he may not want to kill the person. Moses prayed, now therefore I pray, if I found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. How different Moses' prayer is from the prayers of many Christians today. He cried, Lord, I want to know you. How many of us go to God in prayer and say, Lord, I want to know you. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation that I may know you well and better. How often don't we pray for things that are material things? How often don't we pray for things that are perishable things? But the last time I checked in John chapter 6 verse 27, Jesus said, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but labor for the meat that endureth unto eternal life. There is something that perisheth. Again, in the book of Galatians, he said, Galatians 6 verse 8, he says, He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life eternal. Moses said, help me to know you. And here you are today. The Holy Ghost is in you. He lives in you. He brings the revelation of Christ to you. So you can know him well and know him better. I see you know God well and better. But he said, verse number 14, my presence shall go with you. Somebody say my presence. Say my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. This is different from last time I talked to you about two kinds of God's presence. But before I came in, the Holy Spirit drew my attention to one other type of presence which is very vital and which we've been emphasizing lately. And that is God's indwelling presence. There's God's universal presence. That's the first one. Everybody knows it. Those who are not born again, they even know it. That God is everywhere. They lift up their heads, they see the sky and they see God is everywhere. Things happen around them and they see that God is everywhere. So God is everywhere. The psalmist acknowledges in Psalm 139. Psalm 139 and verse number 7 and 8. He said, where can I go from your spirit? And where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the depth of the sea, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and I fly, wherever I want to go, there you will be there. So that's God's universal presence. Somebody say God's universal presence. And then we have God's manifest presence. This is God's revealed presence. This is God's active presence. And this presence is so powerful because this presence, you don't have to necessarily be spiritual to see it. When this presence is with you, even unbelievers can attest to it. It's real. When it's in a place, when you enter a church and the presence of God is there, you know it. When a preacher is talking and he's carrying a presence, you will feel it. When somebody is doing something, even if you are attending an interview and the presence of God is with you, the panelists can see it. Am I communicating here? That's how powerful this presence is. And of course, we have the indwelling presence. The Bible says, after this, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. John chapter 14, verse 16. He says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another comfort that I may abide with you forever. And then he says, verse 17, even the spirit of truth, which the word cannot receive because it's yet in not. Neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he shall be in you. Somebody say, he's in me. Now, you see, God can be in you, but his effect may not be seen around you. God can be in you. And for most believers, God is in them. Every child of God who is born again, God lives in you. But the effect of his presence is not being felt around you. People can see it. Even your wife can see that God's presence is with you. Because everything around you is so natural. When Nicodemus came, he said, no man can do these things except God be with him. 
And when you look at some modern translations, he said, no man can walk in these signs and wonders. No man can perform these signs except God be with him. May it become obvious and visible to all that God is with you. Can somebody give me a better amen? We said that this presence is mobile. Somebody say mobile. Yeah, it, it, it can become a personalized asset. Everywhere you go, it goes with you. When this manifest presence is with you, everywhere you go. Joseph was in the house of Potiphar. The presence was there. Potiphar saw it. He went into prison. The presence was there. Everywhere he went, it was with him. Then we said it's visible. Somebody say it's visible. It's visible. And let me show you. One of the things that makes God's presence become very visible, palpable around you, is prayer. Somebody say prayer. And that's why you must not joke with a lifestyle of prayer. The more you are given to prayer, the more real the presence of God comes around you. When you are singing, you are a prayerful person, the presence begins to flow. When you are a preacher the pres- and you are a prayerful, the presence begins to flow. Even when you go to the court as a lawyer and everybody is defending his case, when you begin to present your case, it's as if you are, something is falling on the ears of everybody hearing because you are speaking not with ordinary voice. Am I communicating here? There were many teachers, but when Jesus taught, the Bible said, this one does not teach like them, for he teaches with authority. What gives a man authority is God's presence. It gives him authority. You speak with such boldness and audacity. It's God's presence. When God's presence is there, it makes all the difference. Your words may not be much. You may not be very, very eloquent, but your words carry weight. Everything you say means it cuts to the very regions of people's heart and soul. Somebody say an amen. amen. And we said it's visible. And then, of course, we said, I wanted to show you something. Exodus 20, 34, verse 29 to 30. This is Moses. Moses. You remember when I said, I told you that when we talk about the presence, we are talking about God's manifest glory. His manifest what? His manifest glory. When Moses said, let your presence go with me, he said, my glory will pass in front of you. Look at it. Now, it was so. When Moses came down from where? Oh, read it with me. When he came from where? And the two tablets of testimony were in Moses' hand when he came down from the mountain. By the way, this man had been with God, come with God for 40 days. 40 days. So we are not just, uh, that's why we are talking about living a life of prayer. Not having a time of prayer. Living a life of prayer. Moses came with God 40 days. The whole month is 31 days. You pray three times and you think uh, it's cool. We should clap for you. No. That's not how you carry the presence. Moses came with the 40 days. And when he was come down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone when he talked with him. His face. This is something supernatural that had taken place. But it was manifesting in the natural. Because the people who saw it were natural. So they needed to see it from that angle. But what actually happened, we are told in the New Testament that what actually happened was the glory of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7. 2 Corinthians. This act that happened here. But if the ministration of death written and engraved on stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadfastly at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance. Somebody say the glory. The glory. The glory of his countenance. The glory of his countenance. The presence of God so enveloping. That they didn't see Moses, they saw glory. Glory. When men see you, may they see glory. You meet a prophet, he say, I see that somebody has put a certain veil on you. That's why your marriage has delayed. Come with God, that veil will go. 
I'm not communicating here. Yeah, that's not the time I prophesy. What should I do? And they will give you all kinds of things. Camp with God. Camp with God. Camp with God. That's all. They couldn't see his face. You see, the more you associate closely with a person, I've been seeing that most of the time, the more you closely associate with a person, you begin to talk, your mannerism begins to reflect the person. How many of you have seen that? Your mannerisms. Sometimes you even think you have learned the person. Sometimes it just comes by association. As you talk, as you relate, it begins to reflect. That was Moses. And we said the presence is number one, mobile, number two is visible, number three, we said is what? It yields what? It yields dividends. Somebody say yields dividends. And so last, yesterday, we started talking about 12 uncommon dividends, blessings, God's manifest presence guarantees. When this manifest presence is with you, there are uncommon blessings. One, we said, it guarantees your deliverance from all troubles. Somebody say troubles. Troubles. Say troubles. troubles. This is the last time any trouble of any sort will hit you. In the book of Acts 7 verse 9, Acts 7, 9, the Bible says, and the patriarchs becoming envious. Somebody say envious. Do you know that the envy is the cause of the many troubles people face? Envy. Envy is the principal cause of the troubles many people face in life. But the truth of the matter is that you can't prevent people from becoming envious of you. Am I communicating? No, no, no. It's not possible. People are free to be envious of you, but they must not be free to hurt you. Are you with me here? Yeah, because when people become envious of you, the natural thing is that they will begin to take steps to want to stop you or to hurt you. But people are free to be envious of you, but they should not be free to hurt you. And the thing that will keep them away is the presence of God. When the presence is in place, they are so envious. I mean, you know, Laban took his chariot and overran Jacob. And he was going to deal with Jacob. But God's presence that was with Jacob appeared to him and said, listen, you are a dead man. If you go, be careful. Don't speak evil or good to him. In other words, where you go, stand there like Mumu and they return. He outran him, but he couldn't hurt him. The Bible says, Petra, becoming envious of Jacob, sold Jacob into slavery. Sold him. But God was with him. Somebody say, God was with him. God was with him. You see? No matter what else you have, make sure you have God too with you. You are attending an interview, all oh, your CV is impressive, your first degree, your second degree, all of those things, great, but go with God. You are bidding for a contract, you have prepared yourself, you have all of that. Make sure that you are also going with God, the presence of God. You stayed up night, you have prayed up, and you are entering the room with God. So that when you go and others are talking plenty, you don't talk much. I heard testimonies of people who just walk into interview and it's a friendly chat. They just chat with them briefly. They don't even talk about the subject. I have specifically prayed for people like that. I said, this interview you go, they will just chat with you and you will come back. Not one, not twice. They've come back with the exact same. Listen, there are a few things that determines the outcome of a person's life. One of such major things is God's presence with a man. It makes all the difference. But God was with him. Look at verse 10. God was with him and delivered him. Somebody say, and delivered him. <laughs> delivered him from all of his troubles. Not some of his troubles. All of his troubles. I can't stop troubling from coming. But you see, this is a generation where people are very much concerned about insurance. So you take insurance. You take what? 
you are in the service, you understand? You take insurance. That people have insured their lives. They have insured their car. They have insured their dogs. They have insured all kinds of things. They've insured all kinds of things. Listen, your greatest insurance is God's presence with you. When you live your life to chance, you are not praying, you are just there, and you are just eating and drinking. Listen, no matter the kind of insurance you have, witches don't care about that insurance. God delivered them all from all his troubles. Went to Potiphar's house, his brother sold him. In the hands of the Ishmaelites, God delivered him. God will deliver you. God's presence with you will deliver you. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will be strangely delivered. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Apostle Paul was delivered from the mouth of lions. God was with him and delivered him from the mouth of lions. Listen, it's not everything you can plan your way to deliver yourself. No. Today, we touch on God's manifest presence compensate for all your inadequacies in life. Now, I want you to open up your spirit and receive this one very well. God's manifest presence with you. It compensates. I have studied on God's presence again and again, but this one has registered strongly in my spirit and it has heightened my appetite for God's manifest presence. It compensates. Somebody say it compensates. For all your inadequacies. How many of you have inadequacies in your life? Oh, can you lift up your hand if you are honest here? I have too many of them around me. Inadequacies. And sometimes, if you don't take care, you can become so overwhelmed with your inadequacies that your giftings and abilities will never be showcased. You are so overwhelmed. When you see people who think that God has not been fair to them, God has not gifted them, it's not so, most of the time, they are so overwhelmed with the feeling of inadequacies. They feel that they are not beautiful enough. They feel that they've not gone to school much. They feel that they don't know people who are of influence enough. They think that the way their lives, the way they were born, things were not. So they are so overwhelmed with the feeling of inadequacy. Now, let's look at a man who have too many inadequacies. Now, the angel of the Lord came to him and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash in Abizirite. While his son Gideon threshed out in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. Please follow this reading with me. 12, let's read. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Now look at this. 13, Gideon said, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why had that means there are things that should not happen to you when the Lord's presence is with you. Accidents will not happen to you. Robbers will not attack you. Can somebody shout a better amen? He says, and where are all his miracles? Again, which our fathers told us about. Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Look at verse number 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianite. Have I not sent you? Verse 15. Let's read it together. He said, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I'm the least in my father's house. Wait. Wait. When you do that text in the Amplified Version, is it Amplified? Oh, the Amplified Version. Verse 15. Give me the verse 15 in the Amplified Version. He says, 
It's a common excuse. The excuse he gave is very common. Look at this. He said, but Gideon said, please, how am I to rescue Israel? Behold, my family is the least significant in Israel. I'm the youngest, smallest in my father's house. Some modern translation says, I am the poorest in my father's family. Now, God is sending a man, and the man tells him, listen, these are the liabilities I have. If you are looking for somebody to send, get somebody who has a lot of assets and less liabilities. My liabilities are too much. I come from a very poor background. I have not gone to school much. I am not, height is not on my side. My skin color is too dark that the darkest of people call me dark. I am too dark for anybody to do anything meaningful with me. I have so many things wrong with my life. And look, when he said my family is the poorest, you are sending somebody says, I am very poor. What answer must you give a poor person? Just give him a blank check of a million dollars. And that should be enough. No be so. No be so. He said, I'm the last in my father's family. God says, ah, he is, is he who change hands. He can switch hands. And the last shall be the first. And the first shall be the last. But God didn't do any of those things. You know what God did? Go to the King James and verse number 16. See what God said. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you. And you shall defeat. Somebody say, surely. I will be with you. Surely I will be with you. You are going to start the church. Pastor Sammy, God will be with you. <laughs> we can give you everything. But if you go with God, everybody will come there. Yeah, that, that, that's, what, that's what it is. You fit in the context. It's not like I'm putting you on. Yeah. You are going to start a business. I'm not connected to anybody. Surely I will be with you. Surely I will be with you. Surely I will be with you. And surely he defeated them. Everybody was defeated. In fact, he wanted to go with a large number. God trimmed the number down. To let him know that it's not by mind or by power. Listen, your greatest compensation for your inadequacies in life is God's manifest presence with you. Your greatest. Somebody say my greatest. Say my greatest. Your greatest compensation for all your inadequacies in life is God's presence is with you. When I stand here, every time I am coming to stand here, I am conscious of his presence with me. I have to pray and believe him for the presence. Because when that presence comes, when I speak, you will know whether I attended only LA or I went to preparatory school. I have heard preachers whose grammar and constructions were so poor but the presence of God around them was said that you didn't even bother about it. All you wanted was to receive something. I'm not communicating here. That's what matters. That's what matters. When you meet a rich man, his grammar is not important. If he can give you some money. <laughs> Am I communicating at all? Is it not money you want or his grammar? If it's grammar, go and chop it. But if it's money, he can give you in abundance. Listen, let me leave you with this quote and then uh, we will close and continue tomorrow. The feeling of inadequacy is one of the most authentic proofs of a genuine call or assignment from God. Every genuine call or assignment from God will come with a feeling of inadequacy. Never forget it. Never forget it. Many people shy away from things. We say, oh, start a cell. Yo, me, I don't know the Bible enough. Become a counselor. Oh, me, I'm having issues in my life. How can I counsel somebody? Every genuine call of God. 
There is nobody God called who felt he was up to the task. In fact, if you feel you are up to the task, God will not call you. I've realized that God hardly gives assignments to people who think they are capable. The more capable you feel you are, the quicker he will pass you by. Every time God went to a man, God went to a man, a little boy by the name of Jeremiah. He says, Jeremiah, I've ordained you a prophet. He said, you missed it. You missed it. <laughs> I think you are speaking to the wrong guy. My name, you got it right. But the information, I think, is addressed to the wrong person. I am but a child. Moses, after having been educated about a couple of weeks ago, I think last week, we saw that he was educated in the best of schools. But when God called him, he said, I cannot speak. I don't know how to speak. I don't know how to speak. The United States is one place, if you are raised there, talking becomes easy for you. It is one place where people know how to talk freely and express themselves. It's the United States. I just love the way they raise people there. Moses was raised by the superpower of the day. If it's been our times, we say the United States. But Moses came out of the best ivory investors at the time. He says, I can't speak because he was standing before God. When you feel you are overly adequate, it shows that you are not going to depend on the grace of God. And the moment God sees that you are not going to work through his grace, you are not a candidate for his use. The moment you feel you are over adequate, that's why in life you should not attempt tasks that your money can pay for. As a pastor, one of the things I've learned to do over the years, I'm always doing things that I don't have enough money for. Because when I don't have enough money for it, then I'm, I'm forced to trust God. I'm forced to move by faith. And then when the thing gets done, it's not that I did it. He did it and he gets all the glory. Am I communicating at all? That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Don't build your house because the money is available. Launch out by faith. Don't start a business because you have all the capital you need. Launch out by faith. When you step out by faith, sometimes when they talk to me about this building and all the budget and all of those things, I say, listen, just uh, give me some time. When I get ready to start, it's not your budget you are going to work with. That's how things are done. The Bible said, the just shall live by faith. Paul said, I'm the least. I'm the least, and I don't even qualify. But I am what I am by the grace of God. That's what the Bible says. In fact, 2 Corinthians says something like, let me read with you and then we'll close. 2 Corinthians 5 verse uh, three, chapter, chapter 3, verse 5 to 6, he said, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as of ourselves. Not that. Not that. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of as of ourselves, of anything is of ourselves. But our sufficiency is of where? Our sufficiency. Somebody say my sufficiency. Can somebody shout it aloud? My sufficiency. My sufficiency is of God. Listen, when your sufficiency becomes God, look at what happens. Who had made us able ministers, not of the letter, of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter killeth the spirit given life. You know where your ability comes? Your ability comes when you acknowledge that God is your sufficiency. He says, who had made us able. So, until you come to a place where you acknowledge that your sufficiency is not of you, but of God, there is no way, there is no spiritual task you will ever give me that I will say I'm not doing because of physical challenge in my body. No. 
No, no. I've learned that over the years. I've learned that over the years. And I've practiced it consistently to the point that the moment I mount the altar, give me the microphone, two, three minutes, everything will go away. Maybe when I finish, it's free to come back. But not when I'm in the business. I'm not communicating here. My sufficiency is of God. Who makes you able ministers? That's why Paul said that I will glory in my infirmities for his strength is made perfect in weakness. Strength is made perfect in weakness. May the Lord give you a hunger for his manifest presence. I'm not talking about his, listen, I'm talking about his manifest presence. That which people will see when you come to a place, people will know that there's a presence in the room. Haven't you entered into a place and there's a certain presence in the room? Some people enter a place and their fragrance stays in the room for a long time. If you are very familiar with their fragrance, the moment you enter there, you know that, oh, Edatoto just passed. Because that, that's his fragrance. You can also carry God with you in such a way that the moment you enter a place, people will know that God has been in a place. May that be your testimony. I said, may that be your testimony. And that comes from a lifestyle of prayer. A lifestyle of prayer. A lifestyle of prayer. Committed, consistent prayer. Stand on your feet. Pastor Afroqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarters church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you. Oh, 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 oh,